0: you are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it your thoughts beliefs habits and actions often sabotage you are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure to win this battle you must connect with your inner warrior we all have a warrior within us one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges if you're just surviving rather than thriving then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time, with the Military and Warrior's Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warrior's Ascent podcast with your hosts, Matt and Mike. We're here, season two, episode six, though. This episode is going to be about self efficacy or agency, a belief in your capability to act and accomplish your goal. So I'll throw this out. So when I was at uh special force qualification course, Robin Sage, right? So pretty, I'll say famous unconventional warfare exercise. Some of the things that we did while, while training our special forces skill sets beyond, you know, some of the commando stuff, a lot of people don't realize it's really training foreign armies. You know, whether that's a, a counterinsurgency role mm-hmm. or an unconventional warfare role, that is, I'll say, our bread and butter in addition to... They're counterterrorism, direct action, you know, reconnaissance and various other things. No, so one of those training missions, right, the Robin Sage exercise was notionalizing us going into a foreign country, linking up with guerrilla forces, you know, and then training them, kind of doing a training evolution, training mm-hmm. management in, in, a, in denied territory, and then putting them through their paces and then employing them. So one of the concepts was that of like a test mission or a confidence target. You'd put them against something that was relatively easy to really do two things. One was to validate their capability, that they're actually able to do the things that you train them to do. But just as important was the psychological, this notion that you put them against a relatively easy and simple target to build their confidence and and prove to themselves that hey, we're a coherent fighting force. Yeah, we, we can do this. We, we can do this and we can employ the tactics yeah. that the Americans, that the U.S. Army Special Forces came in and taught yeah. us. And then you would do subsequent missions, obviously, that were a little bit more sophisticated. But in essence, self-efficacy really, which is you know, a belief in your ability right. you know, to be effective. So yeah, there's the actual effectiveness, no doubt. But even preceding that is your, your internal belief that, no, I can be effective. I can accomplish the goals that I set out for myself. And, uh, I'll say that's a, a, a very important, I'm not even going to say a therapeutic condition, but it's very important as an individual to be to you know, like effective you, and to yeah. flourish. So tell me about some of that. <laughs> well, while you were flying, I'm sure, you know, setting the stage, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do all these maneuvers that these right. guys are doing. I mean, and then little by little, next thing, you know, you're, you're, 5,000 hours later, you're an awesome aviator. Well, just like
0: anything, the Army does things in little increments, and we break every single thing you do down into a task that has a condition and a standard, you know, and exactly how you're supposed to do it. And we label them the basics or the 1,000 series thing, you know, so every Black Hawk aviator needs to be able to do these things. Um, And then that's kind of like just being a helicopter pilot. In, a, in that helicopter. And then you get the 2000 series, which is all the mission tasks. And that's like, okay, depending on what mission set your unit does, you may be a medical unit. So your 2000 series tasks would have almost everything to do with operating as an air ambulance, you know, and understanding that whole system. Where do I take casualties that are all across the battlefield in the golden hour? And there's a whole thing to learn about that. Or you're an assault pilot or you're a, you know, general support pilot, and you may just have really bad weather to fly through and getting generals and colonels where they need to go. And it seems boring, but man, sometimes they're going to these key leader engagements, you know? So anyway, 2,000 series tasks can be, wow, I got a sling load underneath me. Um, I mean, it can be all kinds of different hard things and you only get those as you need them. And as you progress and get better at what you're doing and you get trained by somebody who knows what they're doing and qualified, and then you have to be evaluated annually. Sometimes we even have a 3000 series, which means, man, you guys are so special or you have special equipment on your aircraft. I'm like we'll get to in theater and there was a lot of that new special equipment coming super fast, you know, and fielded really quick without a lot of training from, from industry, I will say strapping it on our helicopters and trying to solve new problems that came up. Um, So those were 3000 series, you know, and you didn't just take a brand new W01 and a second Lieutenant out of flight school and throw them in a helicopter and say, there's enemy go get them. You know,
1: that's exactly it.
0: So everything is a building block and everybody's got one person on a crew and the front is, is the lead and somebody in the back is leading and, you know, Everything has got a a process and a procedure um, to get you to individually being at all sorts of levels, you know, so.
1: Now you hit on tons of good stuff, man, you know, in terms of. I'll say the incrementalism, right? Yeah. In that you know, call it a test mission, confidence target, whatever it is, collective versus individual training.
0: Yeah, but exactly.
1: You're, you're not doing your, what, what What are they, what'd you say? 300 or 3000 level? 3000. Three thousand. 3, yeah. You weren't doing 3000 level tasks right, right out of the gate. No. Right. So in terms of, right. you know, you're, and I'm, I'd hazard a guess in terms of self-efficacy, your, your notion that you could do that upfront, you. Yeah. Just like the training to do first.
0: Yeah. You get in there and just like you said, everything's overwhelming, but you eat that elephant one bite at a time, you know, just like anything else.
1: So in terms of self-efficacy and I'll set the stage a little bit in terms of, you know, clinically, what does that mean? So in psychology, self-efficacy is an individual's belief in their capacity to act in the ways necessary to reach specific goals, right? So the concept was originally proposed. By the psychologist Albert Bandura, self-efficacy affects every area of human endeavor, right? By determining the beliefs a person holds regarding their power to affect situations, self-efficacy strongly influences both the power a person actually has to face challenges competently and the choices a person is most likely to make. So that's very, very important. So on one hand, you're like, well, self-efficacy about being effective. Well, kind of, yes. But it's even your belief in, in, in being able to be effective or accomplish goals. But then you ask yourself, well, how does one <laughs> cultivate a belief in, in self-efficacy? And we've got some of that here in the slides, and then I'll speak to it quite obviously. So one... Bandura asserts that uh, there are four factors affecting self-efficacy. So one is experience or an act of attainment. Um, so like a mastery experience, the experience of mastery is the most important factor in determining a person's self-efficacy. So this gets back to what it is that we were saying when we talked about the confidence target, the test mission or your incremental approach, your thousand level tasks, you're followed by your 2000 level tasks right. followed by your 3000 level tasks. It's this notion that, And you've got to chalk up some wins, man, you know, you've got to get some incremental wins under your belt, not only from a capabilities, you know, technical and tactical proficiency standpoint, but even just a confidence standpoint, like, oh my God, can I even accomplish this? You've got that under your belt and you've got a record of success. Yeah. It's very, very important.
0: Well, and I've had a lot of old guys, you know, older guys than me um, flying with me and say, man, I don't know how you do this every night, this, this stuff. And I'm like, Wow, I thought you were like somebody that I was looking up to and they're like, Yeah, I used to be more into it, you know, or whatever. And it's like, it's interesting to see what ends up being the truth sometimes when you think somebody has is really confident, you know, they're they're walking around, they're positive and everything. But then you you kind of get them up against some challenges and find out, holy cow, you're um You're not nearly as confident.
1: I think what you're getting at, which is interesting is I think there's a timestamp on that, right? So you're saying to these senior aviators, right? Is what you're getting at. Well, if it's been months, weeks, months, years, since they've been in the cockpit, they may have a lot of experience to fall back on. But in terms of recency, they're like, it's it's been a while, you know? So I can easily see that.
0: When we made it important that you had to fly every so often to remain current. Right. But depending on what your job was, I'm going to tell you a colonel, a major, the executive, you know, the XO, right. the that poor officer. guy, that, you know, it's got to be the worst job in the army. I think he's got all be, the
1: admin to do everything. And, and, and he's encumbered by that. And then, he still then he's still needs to maintain flying. A, yeah. proficiency.
0: And right. there's no way. And then he's got to meet, every. you know, he's there for the colonel for everything. And in the absence of the colonel, so now it's time to fly. And he's like, you know, I'm not prepared. It's like, like man, you're. I'm the wrong guy to not be prepared. You know, I mean, you gotta be prepared. This is, this is important stuff. You know, you can die doing this stuff. So, um, it was a tough job for those guys, but, uh, because of that, the recency, you know, they, we would be smart and put them with people that had a lot of recency or a lot of experience. Um, and the good ones would say to you, you know, Hey, I gotta be honest with you. Give me 25 minutes to catch up with you, you know, Or I just got to get my legs back on underneath me and do a couple landings, a couple of things. And don't be throwing me under a night vision goggle dust landing, you know, under confined space, you know, right away.
1: Well, see, that that speaks to exactly what Bandura was saying, right? So he says success raises self-efficacy while failure lowers it. Yes. So if you're setting those guys up for failure, not only, you know, are you inviting an incident, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you're reinforcing that they're not ready and their confidence lowers. And then he goes on to say, or actually it's psychologist, Eric, Eric Erickson, you know, when we talk about everybody gets a trophy and everyone's made to right. feel good and it's all about self-esteem and it's, esteem's important. Don't get me wrong, you know, and, and, and making people feel valued and a part of the team. That's definitely important, no doubt. So I'm not minimizing that, but He says, children cannot be fooled by empty praise and condescending encouragement. They may have to accept artificial bolstering of their self-esteem in lieu of something better. But what I call their accruing ego identity gains real strength only from wholehearted and consistent recognition of real accomplishment. That is achievement that has meaning in their culture. So it's like being put through the ringer, you know, albeit incrementally and when you're ready. but not false and hollow praise. And you're so awesome. You wow. know, and thinking that if you give people an artificial ego boost, that their self-efficacy is going to raise, that's not the case at all. And then this, I think, tangentially speaks to you know, the comfort crisis, which is when people are seeking comfort at all costs and not putting themselves into those growth opportunities, um, what, what they're doing is, in essence, lowering their self-efficacy because they're not proving to themselves that they can do hard things, mm-hmm. which is self-defeating. Right. So we, next, I, I was going yeah.
0: to say about that yeah. is that one of the things that I thought was really cool about our jobs, and I'm sure it's other mission mich- or other jobs in the military, but the standards that we set. All right, so this task is just land the helicopter, you know, on a regular landing, and boom. And then the standards though are, you know, I don't care who you are, what rank you have, you know what position you hold you have to do this to these measured standards right and if you don't you didn't pass it you know and so i will then train you and apply you know other training to help you gain the proficiency you need to pass the standards but so it'd be hard. I, mean, I would take out a commission guy that didn't get a fly very often. It wasn't really his main job. Like one of these admins, you know, the XO, the, the, unfortunately it was the two majors in the battalion are always working way harder, you know, and uh, a <laughs> tough job, but you get them out there flying in there. You, you could land and it could be plus or minus 10 degrees of heading. Okay. So it's measurable. I mean, you got 20 degrees, you know, and if you land in there within that range fan, you're good. And so then, And back would be some warrant officer and they'd get up there and go, you let that major land eight degrees off. Yep. But you told me I didn't fail. I was doing terrible at one degree off. And I said, you know, here's the difference. He's an admin guy that flies sometimes. You're a a line pilot. This is your main line job. You got to be better. But I'll pass you, pass you if you meet the standard. But I have a higher expectation.
1: That's right. I mean, it's just like yeah. the Army APFT. I know, I know now they've got the, you know, a, a different, what is it, the, the, the combat? Yeah, something uh, new, yeah. Whatever it is. Thankfully that's no, cool. There. That's awesome. Yeah. But no, I mean, you've got, <laughs> hey, there's the, the minimum standard, and then there's the, you know, infantry standard, ranger yeah. standard, special forces standards. Yeah. Just like, and the expectation is not that, oh, you just passed the minimum standard. No, right. No doubt. So some other things, just keeping it going, in terms of uh, what, what affects self-efficacy is they call it modeling or vicarious experience. So bringing it back to your examples, I am sure I would hazard a guess actually that when you went through your training, you know, or you were training somebody, you showed somebody that this is how you do this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they could see what right looks like and they see you, obviously you had lots of experience at the time as did your instructors, but you're like, all right, Hey, this is another dude kind of like me more experience, obviously, but if he can do it, I can do it. Yep. So that's another powerful aspect of, of, of self-efficacy is seeing people much like yourself able to accomplish a certain goal and reinforcing this notion that, yep. hey, this is a guy or a gal just like me. And if they can do it, I can do it.
0: And we have a program that, you know, like you said, incrementally takes them and we pick individuals who train with kind of that. I'm not gonna say cheerleading mentality, but a a team building, self efficacy building. You know, we try really hard not to tear someone down. I mean, Mm -hmm. we we, there's a difference between letting them know that they didn't meet the standard, yeah,
1: and the and the implications of not meeting that standard, right, right, Right.
0: and and being a complete jerk about it or something like that. Sure, and a little stress is necessary sometimes. To feign a little stress by being a little rough sometimes, but it's. It's all about just seeing how somebody handles things. Right. You know. No,
1: so you 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 that was a good segue into social persuasion, Mm -hmm. right? Generally manifests as a direct encouragement or discouragement from another person. So that positive reinforcement that's, hey, upholding the standard, no doubt, but saying, Hey, you can do this, or you were close, or you know, hey, I, I believe in you. You've got all the skills required. Versus, oh my God, that was horrible. You know, so giving people that good critical feedback, but positive reinforcement. The interesting thing here is the converse is actually more, um, I'll say influential. In other words, discouragement has more of an effect, an adverse effect at that, obviously than encouragement. So if you're if you're getting nothing but you're an idiot you're never going to be a great David you failed fail epic fail then you know their self self efficacy is going to lower because not only are they not succeeding right but now you know they're they're being lambasted you know and and uh, you know not not getting any level of I'll say positive social persuasion so
0: yeah I think it's pretty rare Um, we have people like that though that need to change instructors because we have a personality issue and then you get a new one and you know another personality issue and mostly the personality problem is you don't come prepared
1: that's (laughs) That's not personality (laughs) that's
0: just a that's just dedication
1: a lack of preparedness exactly and then lastly um in terms of psychological factors so uh Oh, I'm sorry. Physiological. Yeah. yeah. Physiological factors. So stressful situations, you know, whatever it might be. But bottom line is if somebody's in the cockpit and they're stressed, they're not feeling well, maybe, um, they don't like the instructor pilot. They don't get along all of that, you know, in, in addition to the, you know, the, the aforementioned, yeah. you know, facets. Now this person feels that sense of dread that, you know, queasiness in the stomach, that this isn't going to go well. And it just becomes self-perpetuating. You know, yeah. I've got to note to myself, you know, be, 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 be careful of emotional reasoning. Like, oh, I don't feel good. Therefore, I'm not good, you know, or I'm not capable because I'm nervous. And if I'm nervous, that means that I'm just not good or I'm not prepared. That certainly isn't the case. You know, you're always going to feel the jitters.
0: Yeah, the jitters.
1: But, you know, for, for sometimes people take that as, okay, I'm not prepared because if I were, I'd be more confident. You know, so those are some of the things to think about.
0: That's kind of how it felt. You know, the more prepared I, I talked about the cold prickly and the warm fuzzy before. That's right, right before a mission, and just going, oh, I just don't feel it for some reason. Yeah,
1: but the difference is, you took the 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 requisite measures then to mitigate that. You are like, yeah, hey, I am feeling the cold pricklies. So rather than you like, know, what did we miss? Perseverating yeah. and oh my god, you are like, we what did we miss? Yeah. Okay, now we've got a plan more or we Have to take remedial measures or whatever, you know, that that sixth sense, yeah, that's just a good something,
0: thing. yeah, and you know, be yeah, I don't know. Um, just I, this whole, um, it's very interesting to see people get in a distressful situation and just freeze. That right, that's kind of it's not, I'm gonna say it's not common, but I've seen a, enough times to realize that wow, not everybody is designed to handle these kind of stressful events, and um. Everybody, you know, everybody's got a different level of, I guess, resilience towards it well, and I mean, the ability f- to go flight, through
1: flight or freeze yeah, you it know, really is, is. is, 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 is I'll say typically that. And if you do any of those, I think in the cockpit, you're probably in some yeah. trouble.
0: I mean, we do things knowing that that's a potential. Um, like I've been where a guy was locked over next to me and I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And I go to grab the, I'm on the controls with you and go like, you're like, you are you okay? I'm like, I have the controls, Like, give me these controls. And then look over at the person and they're, they're just solid ice, you know? And it's like, right. Hey man, I'm and taking these. We, and you know, now, give, like,
1: now give me, yeah, give like, me control. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, sometimes, you know, those are like, weather will get people really scared, bad weather. Um, I can see enemy that. stuff. Just really dark nights are scary as heck. <laughs>
1: yeah. I can uh, see that, man.
0: People do weird stuff under stress, there's no doubt. Uh, and again, why, that's why we train so hard right. and simulate as much of that stress as we can just to try to somehow war game that. I don't know how you do it.
1: Yeah. No, but it, it, again, kind of like those, those, those test missions, right? Mastery experiences, whether it's yeah. in the simulator or a situational training exercise or whatever, in your mind, you're like, hey, I, I've mastered this now clearly in a different environment, different circumstance, combat, being shot at inclement weather, you know, your, your hope is that you've, you know, you've uh, replicated that in training yeah, as best as possible. So that yeah. it's not the first time, but you can't really replicate being shot at clearly. Um, but, but all else you would hope that you've, you've, you've done that. So it's not the first time.
0: <laughs> the worst, the worst of it all is a really crappy night of, Terrible visibility and low ceilings, dark, dark nights are the best tactical nights. You know, because now you're not as scared as the enemy. So it's like, it carries you on one hand and takes, you know, tactical fear away and just gives you operational fear, I guess, is what you'd think of that. Yeah. But- yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'll say related, right? Sources of self-efficacy, right? And again, they're related to, to I'll say the things that we covered previously so the mastery experiences right so that could obviously training test missions you know anything that chalks up a record of success and puts you in certain situations that you're likely to encounter in the future and in your mind not only if you built the skill sets but you're like hey I've been here before could be a match could be football and again I used to box at West Point and it was super super stressful brigade open finals and you're in the whole core of cadets is there screaming as you're like, you know, punching your classmate and he's punching <laughs> you and you, you know, and there's some people would just freeze up like what you were saying, you know, and then others, you're like, no, nah, I've been here before, man. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, just, just do your thing. Just do your thing. You know, and obviously those are the guys with more experience. So uh, vicarious experiences of social models. Right. So the more alike someone is, right. You know, hey. There goes my hero, right? Watch him as he goes. <laughs> hey, that's a guy like me. He's ordinary, right? So uh, I forget who sings that, but doesn't matter. No, but I, I think uh, when you see people succeeding that are very much like yourself, they come maybe from the same background, humble beginnings, same level of ed- education. I mean, everyone's always kind of like, all right, is this some rich guy or super connected dude that had this stuff handed to him? that is uninspiring. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, of course he's related to so-and-so, but when you see a guy or a gal that has come up, you mm-hmm. know, from nothing and a background similar to yours and they flourish and succeed, man, that that's inspiring. I mean, in terms of self-efficacy, you're like, I can do that too. They can I, do what I,
0: can. I think the demographic we serve here is really used to that kind of thing because you're going into, let's say you're firefighter and you're the new guy, but there's that old crusty one over there. seeing everything, you know, and, and you emulate him. You're in the same social experience. You know, you can be that guy through time and same in the military, same in, you know, an ER or something. I think, I think that happens a lot in our jobs. This vicarious experience of the social models, just, and finding somebody who is a role model that will then kind of help bring you up you know, through the ranks,
1: having a mentor.
0: Yeah, having right. a mentor. So,
1: right. No, exactly. I mean, that I would say is kind of like the social unstirred when you've got somebody that's like, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to make sure you do all the right things and steer clear of and the, the a, obstacles and the pitfalls that right. I did.
0: And usually it's an environment again, where people are uplifting, you know, and trying to, you know, build the team, build a really strong, high performing team.
1: So the other one is belief in success, you know, this notion that, Hey, but believe in yourself, you know, and a lot of that, I think stems from having succeeded in the past, yeah. you know, and, and having encouragement again, not hollow, not, not, not empty. Oh, you're awesome. You know, so says your mom, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, yeah, I know mom. Thank you. I know you love me, <laughs> but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be an NFL quarterback, you know, but no, somebody that believes in you again, that might be a coach or a mentor. That's right. like, a, I see potential in you. And I'm going to give you encouragement. I'm going to give you training. And, and I believe you can do great things, but this is what exactly. it is you need to do. Yeah. Speaks to self-efficacy. And again, we talk about physiological and, uh, and psychological states. So that I'll say is, you know, a cautionary tale. You know, everyone's going to feel nerves. You know, so if you think I'm nervous, hence I'm not ready or I'm weak. That's not the case. We get that in worries of sin. You know, we get a lot of people that are like, well, Hey, I'm hurting. Um, I feel anxiety, stress, depression. That must be an indicator of me not being tough enough because if I were tougher, I'd be able to contend with these things that I've seen or done. Exactly and, that's right. cl- and, and hence, you know, I'm just not worthy. And then people come to our program and they see super high performers, you know, by all accounts, you know, Marine scouts, snipers, SWAT guys, you know, and those are just the guys that are gals that are equally, you know, hua. Um, and then a lot of people are like, Oh my Lord. I mean, if people like that are feeling it, then I feel like I'm in good company. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm not the weak one. I mean, if these super high performers and alphas are, are feeling that. So that kind of speaks to that. It's like, just cause you're nervous or you're feeling it doesn't mean it's not to be, you're not effective. You're a human being, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to a a group of um, first-line medical workers, and that's what I told them, you know, the same thing, is that you might be sitting there thinking, I'm the only one feeling this way, and I look around, and everybody else is doing great, and I'm I'm the one struggling with this. And, you know, the person to your right is going, look around. Everybody's doing good. I'm the only one. And then if you could just open up, like we do at Warrior's Ascent, and find out. That's it. Man. I'm Everybody not alone in this. feels the same way. Like, all these people just feel not, the same they're way. They're just
1: not saying it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, so they're just alone in this this fight. And in reality, there's so many people in the same right. boat. They're, they're alone in. and
1: they feel alone in their suffering. Yeah. And in fact, it's like, no, man. So many other or people. Or they
0: say, right? I didn't do enough during combat or during my tenure as w- to whatever my job was to get enough trauma to deserve PTS. That's what I thought. I was like, no, man. That, that's for the ground. That's for the guys who get off my bird and run in the door and kick in the doors and, and get the bad guy and throw him back on my all zip tied, you know? Those are the guys that I concerned about. Not me. I, I'm up high and safe, you know. And it's like, oh, actually, I did some pretty hairy flying and some Hell pretty yeah. tough you landings can, You can easily and, like,
1: fall out of the sky, my brother. Yeah, like, and no doubt. Didn't. I'd be worried about that at every every but moment, out, you know. A you're you're one RPG away, you know, or one.
0: Which, yeah, like I mean, one time catastrophic I, I saw RPGs that were like, you know, Black Hawk Down um, was just a 30-year anniversary the other day, and RPGs are bad for those. But I saw one one time, and it was like, what is that? Like, That's an RPG. That's not very scary. You know, like three or four RPGs getting shot at me while I was loitering in this spot, and I'm like, man, I would have thought being shot at RPGs is a lot scarier. You know, a couple of years later, having a little dream about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess my relativity was a little off at the time.
1: Right. Now you're like,
0: well, I would rather not get at shot at by another RPG ever again. But yeah. even if it did look just like a pretty little firework. Yeah.
1: So, hey, you know, in, in closing, I'll just say, you know, so some techniques, right, in terms of the, the physiological and psychological. So when you feel those nerves, you know, in some instances, that's natural. So one of the techniques is, you know, I'm excited versus I'm nervous really for, for sporting events or any high, you know, high stakes event to say, Oh, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. That, that runs counter to your physiology. Say, Hey, I'm excited. I'm ready to do this thing. Cause that's your body's way of rallying its, its resources to get you going. That's one concept of the power of incremental wins. Right. So that's why it's so important to chalk up those, albeit small victories, because you're reinforcing that notion of success.
0: I love that one. Right.
1: When you do well, right. It's like, Hey, that's like me. That's from Lanny Basham's with Winning in Mind. And when you fall short, don't beat yourself up, right? It's, hey, needs work, needs work. Just needs some work. And then, uh, you know, the concept of test missions.
0: So, anyway,
1: we hope this was helpful. Self efficacy, very important for, for flourishing and, and uh, high achievement. So,
0: flourishing, just like our podcast is going to do, because you're going to help us by sharing it to your friends. Thank please, you. please do. Hi. Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warrior's Descent Podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warrior's Descent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found, check us out on our website at www.wordsdescent.org.